0: My goal is to empower you with information, inspire you to make changes that fit you, and feel 100% supported along the way. So settle in and make yourself comfortable, and get excited to learn and take action for a better, healthier, more energized life. Hey everyone, Dr. Hondorp here, back with a mini-series of episodes where we're going to talk about today, why you need more support, next week, why you need more accountability, and the following week, how to use the concept of psychological flexibility, meaning being more flexible with the types of thoughts that you have, not feeling like you have to be perfectly motivated or have zero self-doubt or perfectly confident to, in order to move forward in a valued direction towards whatever it is you desire or whatever it is you want in your life. So that's a little preview of what to expect. But for today, we're going to be talking about why you need more support potentially and how important it is to understand and evaluate your support system, understand what types of support you really need, and understand how it relates to behavior change. So we also want to look at if you're truly utilizing your support system effectively and how to make shifts in this area that will actually move you in a positive direction. So often what I see in my work is that, and I do this too, we get so fixated on individual behavior change that we forget about the context. We forget about the fact that one of the things that influences us the very, very most above and beyond anything else is our environment. And our environment can mean our physical environment, like what foods are in our home and how easy it is to move in our current job and how much movement's built in and how, you know, over the past several decades, we've all become more sedentary. That's a piece of it. But another piece that we don't often think about is our social environment. So our social environment means the people we surround ourselves with physically on a day-to-day basis, but also the people that we surround ourselves with on the internet now, because so many of us, not just in the pandemic, but so many of us are connected with people via social media and other electronic ways. And this is influencing what we think is normal. It's influencing what we think is possible. And it's influencing how much we feel like we belong. And so we're going to delve into all of this because essentially at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about the types of motivation and how we want to move towards internal autonomous motivation. And that's true, but it's not as simple as just saying, I don't want to think diet mentality anymore. I don't want to have shoulds or guilt motivating all my behaviors. I want to be motivated to feel good and internal reasons like that is definitely the goal And we'll talk about, you know, it's not like you're ever there. It's just you're moving towards choosing things versus feeling forced or feeling like you should. And that's really important. But the context of behavior change is these three key psychological needs that I will come back to again and again. Because research has showed with self-determination theory being the main theory that I'm referring to. There are three key psychological needs that we need to foster for all of us if we want to thrive in our lives. And so this is true for any behavior that we want to do regularly long-term. We need these three key needs. So they are autonomy. So the feeling of autonomy means not being excessively pressured to behave in a certain way. The concept of relatedness. So feeling like one belongs and that's a really important one. And that's why we're talking about support today. And finally, the third one is competence. So feeling effective and feeling like one can do what you set out to do. So we're going to delve into all of this. But first, I'll, I'll tell you about my previous job. I did pre-surgical evaluations, psychological evaluations for people looking to have bariatric surgery or weight loss surgery. And as a standard question, I would ask everyone about their support system, including, you know, I kind of broadly ask this question, do you have enough support or do you feel like you have enough support? And then we delve into the specifics, like, do you have enough emotional support? Do you have enough logistical support in terms of like, as you recover from surgery? And many people would say, yes, in fact, I do. Or I even had people that would say, oh, I just rely on myself. I don't need support. Many people get why support's important, but a lot of times they'd fixate on the logistical support of, oh, I need someone to help me as a recover. When really I was much more interested in the long-term emotional support, because although the logistics is important, having that long-term community support of feeling like one belongs, you can be yourself if you have different emotions. You can be honest with that. You're not going to feel judged by your support system. That is what we know is essential for long-term emotional well-being, thriving, having a full, meaningful life. And so what I often talk to people about is this idea of not only having enough people in your life that support you, but also fully utilizing that support system when you do have it. So the other thing I often heard from people is you know, I don't want to be a burden to anyone. No one really wants to hear me be negative. And I often say if I had a dollar for everyone that said that and had that concern and expressed that concern to me, I would be a very rich woman because this fear of being too much for people, some of it's our societal pressure, but this fear of rejection, fears of not belonging, fears of failure is a universal struggle. So if you go in the show notes and click on the blog, I have this image that I created that I'm very proud of in my little graphic design tool that I use. And it's an image of a tree. And I often have talked about this for years. So I finally just created it and I've been sharing it with people one-on-one here and there because I think it's just the idea that the tree and the branches are all the different symptoms that we might be experiencing like struggles with your relationship with food, disordered eating, eating disorders, um, emotional eating, binge eating, anxiety, behavioral disturbance, depression, addictions, like any addiction really. Um, Even toxic relationship patterns or just emotional disconnecting and numbing, it can look very different. The branches might look different, but at the root of the tree is the same stuff for all humans because this idea that someone else can't understand my situation or someone else doesn't get what it's like to experience an eating disorder or binge eating, and while that may be true potentially, at the root core of what we all experience as humans is the same stuff, essentially. I mean, maybe look a little different, and certainly that the core beliefs and and things are influenced by our experiences, but we all struggle and have feelings of shame, feelings of fear of rejection, fear of failure. We all have emotions. We all have what we quote unquote call positive emotions, like joy and happiness, and we also have Negative emotions, again, in quotes, because emotions are just emotions, but often we think of negative emotions like fear, grief, disappointment as something that we need to minimize. And this is a lot due to cultural pressures, right? And so this idea of that we have our unique struggles, and while our struggles may be unique, a lot of the things that we feel like we cannot connect with other people on we we can we're just going about it the wrong way we're going about it with focusing too much on the branches of the tree versus the root and the root we can connect on cuz it's all very similar so in terms of this idea of people won't get it or i don't want to bother anyone i don't want to burden them if you are coming to someone somehow pressuring them that they need to fix your negative emotions yeah, it could be a burden. Or if you endlessly complain or fixate it on surface level things or s- tell someone over and over you're stressed about hating your body or other like surface level anxieties or worries that aren't really the point, it can be ineffective and you're not going to get the support and feel necessarily heard because over time that can feel draining if it's not again, focusing on what's really going on because that's not really what you need support for. So this idea of, oh, I hate my body and I'm so sick of it. I'm going to go on a diet and I'm frustrated. That's not really what it's about. Underneath all of that diet and calorie obsession or just the random worry about various things, worry about offending people, worry about being late, all of those things like day-to-day worries, That's not really what it's about usually. A lot of times, not always, but sometimes that worry can cover up deeper feelings and concerns about self-worth or it's your human core stuff that we all have, fears of failure, fears of discomfort, fears of your negative emotions, fears of not belonging and fears of having too much self-doubt or something that's wrong with you that's what you need support for. And that's where we relate to other humans. When you share that stuff with the right people who are emotionally mature enough to realize that they don't need to fix it and just empathy and understanding is what you need. That's where the magic happens. That's when you feel supported, connected, and where you can actually start to move through whatever your stuff is and really thrive in your life. And when I say move through, it's not necessarily like move through and get over it. Um, we're never really there. I hate to say, but we continue to become more confident over time that we can be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And this is a process and it doesn't have to be excruciating. It can be hard, but it doesn't mean that you can't handle uncomfortable feelings. So I'll stop there and remind you, if you haven't yet taken a walk with me, please do so. Grab my free audio. I created it just for you. If you're like, okay, Sean, this sounds cool to shift my internal, external motivation to internal and get rid of diet mentality, but how on earth do I do that? How do I respect my body? How do I feel empowered? This is a 10-minute free audio. It's uplifting music and it's just fun. So download it for free at drhondorp.com forward slash reclaim your earbuds in and take me on a walk with you. And if you do like that, I'd love to hear that you did it and what your takeaways were. All right. So diving back in. So why does support matter so much? So let's go back to our motivation types, shall we? So remember how we ideally want to shift and move towards internal autonomous motivation. So Technically, these types are called identified, integrated, and intrinsic. So this, these types essentially mean that you're doing the behavior. So let's use exercise, for example, because you personally value it. It's consistent with your identity and or you get enjoyment or satisfaction from it. So you find the exercise like walking or something. It's fun, exciting, challenging, something about it is interesting So usually, unfortunately, it's not usually as simple as just saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to start exercising to take great care of myself instead of using it as a punishment and a way to burn calories. It's usually going to take time to remove the layers of guilt and shame that can so often be tied up with eating exercise because we're so, you know, body shaming or weight loss focused or whatever. So relearning to enjoy movement again and to feel effective that we can do it consistently typically takes time. It's a process and it takes time to identify first how you want to feel and also seeing that it's possible. So surrounding yourself with people who take a similar approach to respecting their body, gradually shifting that way with time and practice and within a community of support, you can also celebrate your small wins, express frustrations and emotions that come up. Like for example, if you're frustrated with yourself that you don't like exercise more quickly or something, or just frustrated with the pace of progress, by expressing that and knowing you're not alone, you can achieve that key psychological need of belonging or relatedness as you work towards your goals, whatever that is. And that could be relationship with food or otherwise, like this applies to all areas of our life that we want to improve. So in terms of this, how do I make my healthy habits more internally motivated? There, again, going back to those three key needs, you want to move towards autonomy competence and relatedness and that's to help all of us thrive in our life and so when we're in a community where we feel feel seen valued for who we are right now that's where the magic quote unquote motivation happens so we start to realize yes we have stuff that we feel bad about we might be ashamed of we have fears self-doubts we have fears of rejection and failure um Just because that's part of the human experience. And when it comes to attempting anything related to eating or weight, it doesn't have to be a diet or diet focused or weight loss focused, but the whole experience is tied up with so much feelings of failure for most of us who've struggled with it that it can feel really scary to try something different, even if it's not a diet per se. In fact, it can seem even scarier because it's less known and less certain than diet diet plans sort of claim to have certainty and have all the answers. So again, there's nothing wrong with us. We can accept and appreciate ourselves for who we are right now. And from there, we can pursue any and all goals and dreams in a more effective way because we realize that we are enough and we can continue to strive towards what matters to us. So... Let's take an example. I know my past, most recent episodes were delving into intuitive eating. So as I've talked about, intuitive eating and mindful eating can offer tools and frameworks and can be an excellent way to move away from shoulds towards the process of figuring out an eating pattern that's non-restrictive and feels really good for you and your body. And it's a process and there isn't, you know, like dieting offers, it's not this like step-by-step guide that fits for every human being. And that's why having a group of people working towards a similar goal is so helpful. So in my body respect program or any other community type program online or in person, you can work towards a new way of relating to yourself, unlearning messages, seeing others succeed and seeing their struggle. This constant reminder that you're not alone helps to meet that need of relatedness and it helps to continue along the path of feeling more effective and empowered. And this is really important as we think about counteracting the, or sort of having what I call a social buffer against all of the really unhelpful messages about eating and and weight loss and dieting and what often people refer to as sort of diet culture, meaning where culture is very, it's very ingrained that like weight loss is always good. Smaller bodies are always better. And that's reinforced by almost everything that we see. And so as you're learning to take a different approach to that, a different more whole picture vision of what it means to have overall health and what it really means to thrive in your life, the having a community that gets that and helps to move in that direction is really, really important. A lot of people that I work with... Um, have a lot of people in their life that maybe don't struggle with a diagnosable eating disorder, but they really don't have a, a very flexible, positive, empowered relationship with food. And so uh, a lot of people that I talk about, we sort of take a quick survey and they're like, yeah, I don't really have anyone who has the, what I would like to have in terms of how I want to feel in my body, how I want to respect it. And so it's hard to imagine when you don't have a model for it. And that's why community support among folks who are working towards and and some folks in there that do have that ideal relationship with food that you'd like to have is really important because our brains have a hard time picturing what on earth it could look like without some examples. And that's why examples are so important. So all of that said, let's dive into how to get more of the right support. So there's many different types of support And really, the good thing about the internet, as much as it has some pros and cons, is it's never been easier to curate a support system that works for you. So let's dive into some practical steps you can take now to move towards getting a more robust support network and moving more quickly towards your most important goals, whether that's a more flexible, autonomous relationship with food and your body, or whether that's exercise, movement related, or really anything. So, and uh, yeah, anything in your life, like if there's, you can use these same concepts for moving towards career related goals or parenting related goals. So I know that I use this type of support and accountability for business related goals all of the time. So I'm always connecting with people doing similar work to me because otherwise it can be really lonely. It's really Challenging work to just learn it all on your own. So, number one, in terms of how to guide yourself to get more of the right support, I want you to think about improving connection with your existing supports. So, this may not apply to everyone, but all of us, you know, have some people in our lives that care for us, but maybe we aren't fully feeling supported by them. And this may be because we haven't communicated our needs in a calm, assertive, meaning clear, respectful of ourselves and respectful of that person manner. So assertiveness or assertive communication can often get confused with confrontation. It's not confrontation. So confrontation is more at least associated with this feeling of like aggression and like, no matter, I'm going to state my case, I'm going to be assertive. And you can, you know, sometimes people can use that term, but Aggression is more, I'm going to not respect the other person and I'm just going to demand what I need. Assertive communication is just communicating our needs clearly, respecting ourselves and respecting the other person. So it can be as simple as, I would really like help with cleaning the house. Or it can be, when you make comments about what I eat, I feel worse about myself. It would be most helpful if you could not say anything. It also could Be related to emotional support, such as when I'm feeling sad, I really need you to just let me express it, give me a hug and listen, and please not try to fix it. It's also useful to give the person the benefit of the doubt here. So, by saying something like, I know you didn't mean to hurt me, or hey, I never told you this was unhelpful until now, so you wouldn't have known. Now you do. So, we're not taking a blaming approach, we're just stating facts, stating our on it and telling them clearly what they can do to help you out and and again this idea of improving connection with existing supports it's amazing to me and and we all do this where we're just so fearful that we're going to be seen as too much or we're going to be judged and rejected that we don't reach out we don't express what's going on and then we just assume that people are too busy or they don't want to help or they don't understand us when we really haven't given them a full chance to do so. So that's number one is to improve that connection within your positive existing supports of people that truly have your best interest in mind. Number two is to set clear boundaries with support that drains you. So if you've clearly communicated your needs to someone in your life and they're not willing or not capable of change, it's time to set some boundaries. Sometimes that means ending a relationship or spending less time with someone. Other times it means saying, hey, when you make comments like that, I'm going to leave the room or I'm going to hang up the phone. And then you have to follow through. So try to express this calmly when you're both feeling calm, but it's also important that if you do choose to remain in a relationship with someone who's hurting you you need a plan to cope effectively with your emotions after the hurtful experience. So in an ideal world, I would love for you to change that relationship and, and get out. If it continues to hurt you, that is really, really important. And of course, as always my caveat, talk to a therapist or counselor if you need guidance with this, because you don't have to navigate these complicated situations alone. But, you know, if it is something that you plan to Maintain a relationship because it's your mom who continues to talk about your weight or another person in your life that you decide you want to keep in your life and you choose that. But maybe you set some boundaries, like maybe you choose to call her on a schedule and calmly tell her you will hang up if she makes those kind of comments. And then after the call, after she made the comment, it's important to work through the experience of that, even if it's happened a million times, it's still hurtful. It's still upsetting. There's still a loss of wishing that relationship might be different. And so, so many times with our parents, we just have a feeling of like, I wish it was something different. I wish it could be something it isn't. And we continue to experience that loss. And so that's normal. And so after the call, Make sure you do something like journal, take a walk, talk to a friend so you can move through and allow yourself to process through the emotions that that call brought up for you, like any anger, sadness, or loss, so that you are not being victim to continued stress and you are proactively coping in a way that's useful to you. And finally, tip number three is find new people it has never been easier to find people you connect with. So the internet and social media is very unhelpful in many ways, of course. And yet yeah, there is a lot of good there because between Facebook and Facebook groups and Instagram and TikTok, I don't do TikTok yet, but it's a thing. A lot of people like it and many more. There are endless out options. Um, meetup.com is a site where it's been around for Years because I used it when I lived in Philadelphia in grad school to meet people. It's a site where you can find local meetup groups from anything to a Spanish club to I just looked it up for Grand Rapids. They had a group creating little gowns for NICU babies. It made me very emotional. Like, what a meaningful group. Um, they're getting together to do that. Like, that is so cool. And local hikes, um, I think that that's always very cool. And, and that's some of the ones I've done. So if you have a lot of negative support in your life, a lot of people with BS diet culture and body shaming and food police or just general negative support, right? Like just more broadly, I need you to find more support for yourself, please. You, if you have a lot of that negative support we all have different levels of social needs of how much support is beneficial to us versus too much. But if you have a lot of negative support, you might need even more of a buffer to counteract all the BS messages. Because even if you don't have people in your life actively saying food police comments, like diet culture as a whole is enough to deal with. And so I want you to have that extra buffer as much as you can gather for yourself. And it doesn't have to be people you talk to often, but maybe, maybe it is a little Facebook group that you go on and sort of vent to when you're needing support. So you don't feel so alone or just having a plan for that. So when you find people you truly connect with, the support you can provide one another can truly be life-changing. So, and of course, finally, you know, finding a support, of therapist or a coach, ideally one who gets the importance of not being weight centric and realizing that you and your health are way more than your weight. I think therapy is wonderful. I've done it before myself and I will do it again. Obviously I practice it for, and I deliver therapy as well. Uh, therapy practices are really full right now as a general rule, but it's worth it. You're worth it. Keep trying to find someone, get on their wait list And please keep reaching out for other support beyond therapy, whether or not you do therapy. So you may struggle with, you know, various degrees of psychological symptoms. You may might meet criteria for disorders or, you know, specific psychological diagnosable disorders or not, but it doesn't really matter. We all need support beyond a therapist. And, we can all relate to people in our lives who have different struggles. Again, remember that base of the tree, we are all the darn same. We have so many similarities, so many similar struggles, and relating to each other in that non-judgmental way where we can both support each other is truly life-changing. Social connection is why we're here and to not think about that and to not consider that is to essentially not look at this huge piece of the puzzle that matters so much for our overall health. You talk, I talk in this podcast about we're too focused on the number on the scale and weight and we, and I've fallen into this before too. I'd be like, well, just focus on habits and okay, sure. But we're still missing this huge piece of the puzzle of what determines our health and social connection expressing and feeling our emotions in an effective way are two really, really big parts of our life that matter a ton. And we very often neglect it to the detriment of our health and to the detriment of thriving in our lives, feeling connection, being able to live our very best, most energetic and meaningful purpose-driven life. So, I hope you found this helpful. I hope you will take at least one step to increasing your support system ASAP. It's not that hard to do. You just have to do it with social media if that's one option or just one little thing you could do. Increasing connection with existing people, setting some boundaries, or adding some new positive support to your life. So once you do this, send me a message on Instagram or tag me at psychology.of.wellness.com and do me a favor, leave a review for this episode. If you are on the podcast, you can pull it up on your phone right now. Let me know if you found this helpful, how you're planning to seek support and share this with someone in your life that maybe you want to support each other and you want to support each other in this really helpful way so you can both meet your goals. So I hope this was useful to you. Thanks so much and have, have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Your time is valuable, and it means so much to me that you're here. Despite the title of this podcast, many of our topics are not always easy. Change is hard, and let's face it, life and truly looking inward at ourselves can be uncomfortable. That's why I'm grateful. Grateful for you and your willingness to listen, learn, and keep an open mind. I invite you to learn more by going to drshawnhondorp.com or finding me on Instagram at psychology.of.wellness. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would be amazing if you could give it a review so more people can find it. Thanks, and I truly hope you have an energetic and inspired day.